0: Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come To Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Man, how's it going? Good, man. Just We're, good to finally meet you. I've you? seen you, your name around forever. Yeah. So, uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming.
1: Who do we have today, <laughs> Joe? We have... Eric Hutchinson. In
2: yeah, the man. Flesh. I just saw your art. I was playing in, uh, where was that? Chicago City Winery, and they've got like a huge mural of yours.
0: That right, you did. two of them.
2: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, they, thank you. Yeah, that was. Uh, they asked me to do that, and then I got to play on David Letterman. Mm. Um, that same sort of week, I finished those. Really? Yeah. So it was a good week. Yeah, and then we used those in the backdrop on David Letterman.
2: That's cool. I know a couple other artists that, like, they do their own visual art and they use it as yeah. their back. I've always been jealous of that kind of thing, you know. it's yeah. such a cool. How was David Letterman uh, for you?
0: It was amazing. Was yeah. he nice? Did you talk to him at all? Yeah. Um, he, was not, he was nice to me for yeah. some reason, yeah. You've
1: been on multiple times. Yeah, I went oh, on okay. a times. He was of lucky times. enough.
0: But, uh, so he was a fan. Yeah, but yours. they never let anybody mess with their backdrop before. Mm. But for some reason, they let us. And they came to... Pick him up at like dawn, and the, and I had just finished them that night. <laughs> they weren't night. dry. They weren't, I remember. They, <laughs> yeah, right. they weren't dry yet. Ehud, I think, went. Yeah, yeah. It was and then the union guys had to roll them out on, on the Times Square. I'm sure they love that. Those paintings, right? So yeah. they so they were wet still in the middle of Times Square. Those Jeez, they the, were pissed. The at same us. ones that were at the City Winery That's in That's crazy. Isn't that funny? That's so cool. It's a though. funny story that they traveled that. You know.
2: Yeah. There's. I mean. I guess. The Artists. live performance is the closest to that in music world but there's something so cool about that you know when you're looking at a at a painting it is the painting you know like yeah. it's been all over the place and it's it's yeah. still there you know Well
0: it's a performance across time because yeah. a painter is performing but you don't see the performance, at the, it, yeah. you don't receive it the, at, in the same moment like
3: you do that's with my, music.
2: my favorite thing in a museum to get as close as the security guards will let me, and just really like, you know. you just can check ooh, it out. When well, you can see like the brush stroke and everything, it's it, like this is as close the as I can get to the
0: moment right. that, uh, well, yeah, it's, that it's, this artist was there, you know. It's preserved, I, I paint live, so painting's mm. a big part of how I s- still make music.
2: You Paint live with the, like, do you? Music, I at the sing same time? and paint at the wow. same
0: time, yeah. I That's loop, cool. I'll like, you know, how you'll have some songs that don't have a verse chorus change, like right. it's one chord progression sort of thing. Do you have any like that?
2: Um, not that have paintings that go with it, but no, yeah, but I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so you could just loop that and then just paint and then really,
0: paint. yeah, it's pretty fun. So you'll do it at the show or I, do it a separate thing? I do it at the show, wow, I do it at every show, just about, yeah. And then what happens Sometimes to the painting, two, do you? usually, uh. Either sell them or um, or sell them later. <laughs> okay, <got
3: it. laughs> They become the backdrop of the next show. Right, yeah. yeah.
0: That's
3: cool. Yeah,
0: exactly. Or I'll like rework them hmm. because there's an energy that goes into uh, a painting that when you're doing it in front of people that is weird, hmm. like different than when you're on your own. Just kind of like with music.
2: Yeah. Speaking of different, you know, I'm just looking at how cool you're dressed right now and what I'm wearing. And I just want to say for the audience, I wasn't sure if this would be videotaped or not. I just took a chance. But I'm kind of trying to multitask today, so I'm going running after this. But and, see, uh,
0: you're like catching me at a wheel. like I am definitely sort of like on the road You've vibe. got the full rock star I, vibe right Right. I, I, but I don't normally. He'll... Yeah, I no, normally just... come in here in athletic clothes too, dude. Like I had, I like have Vibram five fingers on, <laughs> like on yeah, multiple yeah. episodes. Okay. So like you're catching me because we just got on off the road. So cool. it's like, and we woke up today. It was like a gig last night. Oh, really? So I'm just in that zone. I got you. Where were you last night? Yeah, totally. But normally, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> jersey at a house concert oh, okay cool, yeah cool yeah we did a canadian run like it was it was super fun nice just went up to toronto and stuff so wh- where where do you live i live here in the city i live over in gramercy area oh man nice. and um how'd you score that
3: <laughs> gramercy area so like you know gramercy I you. adjacent you know, i don't i don't have a, a key to the park right yeah but yeah it's
2: uh i'm a manhattan person I don't know. I don't know. Where do you live? You live down I here? I live in the East Village. Oh,
0: cool. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about moving to Harlem. Oh, yeah? Mm hmm. Nice. Yeah. No, no Brooklyn for you? Uh, I already did that. Okay. But I would love Brooklyn. <laughs> I, I think Brooklyn's great. Yeah. When you live in Brooklyn, you get both Brooklyn and the city. Right and Manhattan, but, but
2: Brooklynites get mad if you call it the city because they're like,
0: "We're the city." Oh yeah, why aren't you saying? That? See, I I yeah. lived in Brooklyn for twenty something years. Wow. And I never got mad at anybody. Yeah, because you're a I, chill guy. Because you know. I understood. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But you get both worlds totally because you're gonna go to the city. But when you live in the city, you don't really go to Brooklyn as much. It's true.
2: I I I like to think I know a lot of. Manhattan, but I don't know anything about Brooklyn. So like right. one of these days we're just going to move there and it'll be like a whole new place for me. Yeah. I lived in Williamsburg when I first moved to the city. But uh, Where'd you move from? I'm more of a Manhattanite. Uh, I'm from Washington, D.C. originally. Uh-huh. And then uh, I was living in, I went to school up in Boston and then... I lived in Emerson. LA. You went to Emerson. Yes. Yeah, correct. that's like a very
0: artsy vibe, it is. right? Yeah, yeah. I met my wife there, who's a and costume can, designer. Sorry to cut you off, but can, you can like pick your own major, right? I guess so. I
2: didn't do that. I, I guess it's you more event one. I guess it's more popular now. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was just. I randomly was doing a session in in Brooklyn the other day, a recording session, and it turned out at the end of the session, the guy, the engineer, turned out to have gone to Emerson, and he claimed to be the last either the last person who created his own major or created the specific type of major or something. But uh, yeah, yeah, mine was just, I was just a film major. So it was a little more straightforward. But yeah, Emerson's a super, at least when I was there, it was very, you know, it's very artistic. and Smart uh, people go there. Um, Creative people go there creative. for sure. Okay. You know? uh, um that's where s- I should have gone
0: in an oh, alternate yeah. universe. I didn't go to college, but if I did, that's where I want to go.
2: Sometimes I have people ask if they should go to Emerson and I'm like, if you think there's, any chance you're going to do anything other than entertainment maybe go somewhere else but like if you're just set on like the entertainment world is for me i just want to learn everything about it i want to be around people like that then emerson was amazing you know right but it wasn't necessarily like at least for me it wasn't a super well-rounded education but i didn't want one but you studied
0: film yeah what, yeah. what kind of film? What do you want to be a director? Yeah,
2: I wanted to be a writer director. I was doing a bunch of stuff with the, my comedy troupe at the time. And uh, I was kind in, of always doing. You were in a
0: comedy improvisation or something? Uh,
2: it was more like sketch comedy. It was, we did a lot of like. It was funny because I'm old enough that we like just miss YouTube. Like we were like making all this stuff. And oh, like, really? It was like we didn't have any way to share it. And we um, had like, f- if only someone yeah. would
0: make a platform. Yeah, right.
2: And, that, and uh, <laughs> like a, two or three years afterwards, YouTube showed up. And I was like, this would have been so helpful, you know, yeah. like, and who knows, maybe I'd be doing that instead of this. But uh, yeah, I kind of always did music as well It's kind of just a. Did you want to be on SNL or anything? I like did. That? Yeah, I can yeah. see that. And now, actually, my wife works at SNL, so I'm sort of living vicariously through That's her. so funny,
0: the way we manifest these things yeah. back in. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. She's you know? She's been there for a couple of years now. So What's she do to, over there? She's
2: a costume designer. She does all the... Uh, all the pre taped stuff, so all like the music videos and commercials
0: and things like that. And She couldn't have helped you out with the outfit today. I know, she would be very embarrassed
2: <laughs> I mean, to find out. Bro,
0: you live with a costume designer. I know. I know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is rough, you know. Sometimes I'm you're just getting, kidding, you're I think you look ready. great, dude. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
2: Um. Yeah. So I've gotten to see a lot of the inside workings of SNL through her, which has been really cool. That's cool. And I don't think I would have made it there. You know, like it's not. Yeah. It's I'm not built for that world.
0: I don't know. I, I could see you. You. Uh, some. Of, some of the new jams could. I could see you performing those on SNL. I mean, sure. I'd love to perform on there. But I don't think I could have.
2: Uh, been a been a writer performer on there
0: so what kind of film directing did you want to do are you like inspired by martin scorsese or um, Tarantino or what that
2: was more like uh
0: wes anderson
2: mm, he was very popular when i was there no i was kind of more straight ahead like like my favorite movie in college was groundhog day with oh, bill murray like uh, i liked that's a sort of one. smart high concept stuff but still kind of based in comedy and, and stuff yeah
0: so, um what's your favorite movie of all time
2: I don't know. Uh, I, I've said Groundhog Day for so long that it sort of is that, but uh, it's... It's becoming like Groundhog Day. It's true, though. Your answer to that, question. I've watched... Frankly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I've watched it so much.
3: Yeah. I does it, so does much it ever I change?
0: It. it does, actually. See how meta that is? That or is. Like, you keep watching Groundhog Day? Yeah, it's...
2: Uh, you must know... Do you know Roger Greenowalt uh, It no? sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's a... Uh, you would... Yeah. If you knew him, you would know him. He's uh Anyway, he pointed out how, exactly, like, me watching this movie so many times that I'm just, I can't actually enjoy it it anymore.
0: But it is Groundhog Day, too. Well, because
2: every Groundhog Day I would watch it, so, like, now I just know it so well. But anyway, I don't really enjoy it enough anymore, but, uh... I could make a strong argument that I love the Lord of the Rings movies Yeah, the most. or I don't know. What's your favorite movie? I don't know.
0: I was thinking. I had an answer for this, but now I can't remember. I don't want to just say The Matrix. <laughs> say The Matrix. It's probably The Matrix.
2: Honestly. He likes it so much,
1: he put I it in a song. fucking love it. Yeah, I did on my last
2: album.
0: Awesome. <laughs>
2: um, Are you excited? They're making a new Matrix, aren't they? Yeah, I'm excited about it. Matrix Anything 4. Keanu
0: Reeves is in, okay. I'm excited about. Come on.
2: He's had a good like I just feel like it's He's there's elevated. never been a better time to be Keanu Reeves. Like people yeah. love him more than
0: ever now. I know. He's a very lovable dude. The new yeah.
1: Matrix is coming out the same day the new John Wick is coming out. So he has two movies. Is that coming. true? Yeah, What a this hero. Year. What a John superhero. Wick what a modern four Hero and <laughs> the Matrix Four. They should really are have it be some out,
2: it should be a crossover world, you know. Be like,
1: like Keanu Reeves Day, like yeah. international. Wow. Yeah.
2: I remember I, I take a lot of pride because I remember like when he was first coming out, people were calling him like Keanu or and I was like I'm telling you it's Keanu I saw it on <laughs> entertainment tonight it's Keanu he's Hawaiian <laughs> So uh, I understand What about
0: point break You know Ooh, I've never seen Are long. you fucking kidding? Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't kid you. Go home today Let's take today. a break
2: Let's take a break <laughs> Let's yeah. take, Go watch we'll, we'll it Take a point break Resume we'll <laughs> So
0: when did you shift to music or you, had you always been playing music and was that just always, sort of dominated yeah. or what? I was
2: always doing music and um I would sort of go back and forth you know I had like a video camera at home and I'd make movies but then I'd get way into the music stuff and when it was time to go to like figure out what I was going to do after high school I just decided I didn't want to study music because I was concerned it would start to rob me of like the joy of it you know like studying it too much I thought would kind of make it feel like a job kind of and and I actually ended up dealing with a lot of that stuff later when it became my profession instead but mm-hmm. so I went to I went to film school and, and loved it and um, was just kind of doing music and then I got out of school and was like I don't know making an album seems way easier than making a film I think I'm just gonna do that for a while
0: well it's more you can possibly do it more independently like a film seems like I don't know, but I guess it's nowadays true. people make independent films. Yeah,
2: I mean, but it's another—you le- don't have to rely on as many people. And everything right, and
0: yeah. it's, even with the independent ones, it seems like well, we spent like ten million yeah, dollars. right. Like, Wait, how? What? Yeah, it's a lot of people. <laughs>
2: Independently of wealthy. Money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I kind of—it was sort of a simple, pragmatic answer to just be like, well, I'll do this for a while, and then I just became sort of obsessed with like getting better at it, and you know, being able to play at this club or open for this person, and kind of just like got way into it you used to
1: do open mics right
2: I did I did lots of open mics yeah um, I did open mics here in New York and uh, in LA and Club Passim and uh, Harvard Square and um, open mics were good but I kind of I guess I was known for like I'd show up and play my song and pass my mailing list around and leave like I wasn't really there for the hang and uh you were ambitious I guess you're a have, cutthroat yeah. open mic <laughs> yeah they
0: should make a comedy movie about uh, the open mic scene and have that oh, guy boy. too like, yeah you know. definitely a guy <laughs> like, but there's the
2: other guy too that's like there all night and gets up and plays right. like eight songs eventually you know and right it's, like, like it's his first, Madison Square Garden yeah I have nowhere to be <laughs> <laughs> you know but
0: I never really loved hanging out in the clubs that much so right that would be a funny movie. Yeah. Like the spiritual guy that's been at the open mic night forever. Totally. But he's like guiding all the other people, the young people yeah. coming up. I could now be indifferent. Played by Sam Elliott. Ooh. Like an old country guy. Like I'm thinking of Point Break. <laughs> what's what's the Sam? Oh, no. I'm thinking of Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah. I went from Point Break, Keanu, and that's with Patrick Swayze. Right. This is like six to, degrees. To Roadhouse, then to Sam, Sam Elliott. Yeah, I, now I would
2: be a different cliche at the open mic, which is like the guy that was signed to the major label. And like all the young people want to ask me a question, and I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, I don't want to talk about that stuff, man. I'm just here to play my new
0: tunes. So how did you get signed? Was the Perez Hilton thing? Did that? Yeah. Did that kick it off?
2: Well, I got signed before that to Maverick Records. Oh, which, right, Madonna's which then, label. Yeah, which which fell apart like almost immediately. Like I got signed and then it fell apart, and then I ended up making this album on my own, and and just by sheer luck, it kind of got. Into Perez Hilton's hands,
0: and that was your first album. Yes, and, and where'd you make that?
2: I made it in L.A. and in Boston, and I kind of where'd you record? I recorded at New Monkey Studios in Van Nuys, which is it was uh, Elliot Smith's studio at the wow. end, and he wasn't there anymore, but it, it had been taken over. But it was all the original. He was you know way into the Beatles and stuff, so it was all his gear and everything. A little tiny studio, but it was it was fun, but. Um yeah I made most of the album there and and uh kind of went broke doing it and didn't really know what I was going to do and and I just uh Were you living out there? Uh I was living at home with my parents at that point I had moved back home because i was touring so much i was just like can i just stay here when i'm not out on the road and save some money and stuff and
0: and your mom's a viola player that played with john uh, denver that was right? my grandmother or your grandmother. Yeah, yeah
2: you did your research i appreciate uh, it man a little bit <laughs> yeah 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 she was a viola player and uh she played with everybody you know she would get hired when people came through the dc area and they needed string sections mm-hmm. so she played with yeah tony bennett Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin. That's your grandma? Yeah. And were you close to her? Very close to her, yeah. But she was also... Uh, what was her name? Her name was Audrey. Oh, man. And she was the most vocal about me not becoming a musician, actually.
0: Funny. Yeah. She knew. Yeah. She was trying to tell you, bro. She was trying
2: to protect <laughs> me or
0: something, you know?
2: <laughs> What'd she say? She said, get a different job. You know, she would uh, whenever I'd be home, she'd be like, well, there's this place is hiring down there. Maybe you should go look at that. And that's funny. Yeah, you know, she just she understood it was about the hustle. But then when it when it started going well for me, she was very uh, very proud That's and nice. supportive. What do your folks do? My mom was a teacher. She just retired a couple of years ago, and my dad was uh, he was first a, like a housing contractor when I was growing mm-hmm. up, and then he sw- did a total like switch of his life and became like a web programmer.
0: Oh yeah, and he passed
2: away. Too, he did, right? yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Coming up on the one-year anniversary, actually. So, wow. Yeah, it's been it's uh, been an interesting
0: year. How has the running been helping with that? Like,
2: oh man, it's I hate how much better I feel when I exercise. It's so annoying. I love it, man. No, I mean I do love it, but I'm like, I just wish I could feel that good without exercising all the <laughs> time. You just too. can't, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, for me. So, I mean, that the running is really helpful, especially
0: for getting over trauma.
2: Yeah. I think so, and and, uh, actually, my wife talked me into running. We ran the New York Marathon in October. Yeah, that was more running than I needed to do, but uh, it was a good thing to do. But the training for it was, I think, really helpful. It was just, like, so much running.
0: Well, they say, like, uh, when you achieve something, it's not about the achievement. It's about the person you have to become to achieve that.
2: Yeah, that seems – and that was what's funny about the the day of the race. The race wasn't that hard, like – because I'd done so much training, it almost felt like cheating a little bit. It was like, well, of course I can run this. I've run it already like four times or whatever. it was just sort of you, like
0: you made sure.
2: Yeah. It was interesting. Like I'm more, I'm a kind of a, I like to be a prepared person. Yeah. It wasn't like, not like cocky, but more like it was like, Oh, right. Like we did enough training that I'd come across the things that might be a problem if, You hadn't really trained before you went running, you know? And I sort of saw people like cramping up and things, but I'd like at that point learned this is the maximum speed I can run and finish it, which was slow, but like, I don't care. I just wanted to finish.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not like a super fast runner either. Yeah. Not really. Do you run, like, how long of a distance do you like to run? It depends if I'm in the zone. I I did a couple months recently where I did 100 miles each month. Wow. You know, so I was running pretty, a lot, you know. I like
2: that idea of counting it by the month. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, I like that. It was fun.
2: I think there's some, I mean, I think about that a lot with, uh, I'm a big, like, to-do list, checklist guy or whatever, but it's so much better to have, like, a, a more zoomed out, perspective of what you're doing as opposed yeah. to well if I didn't get it done today then right. it doesn't count but yeah it's like
0: what does the month look like
2: you know yeah. or like what am what I trying to get accomplished in this
0: year so are you going to keep doing the marathons like you know like no. some people like Eddie Izzard then he runs like a marathon every day or whatever yeah and I then, don't like, want to do that and what about like going ultra like rich roll nope like,
2: my brother-in-law, you know, like, Adrian Spencer, you can follow him on Instagram. He's a he's an ultra-marathoner, and he right. came to the New York one. I heard and, you
0: say that in an interview. Yeah, like, and he yeah. ran
2: it twice as fast as uh, as I did, the New York Marathon. Like, literally twice as fast as I did. Yeah, but so
0: I, you're done with it. Not, with that not, much running. I like to run, running.
2: like, five miles.
0: That's about my, z- my you know, scene. I just I like, like that. to
2: run. I put on a podcast, maybe this one. Yeah. And Hey, uh, runners out there, yeah. keep going, dog. Yeah, yeah.
0: You got this. <laughs> keep moving. Push
3: push yeah i just need
2: enough to like get the endorphins going and feel feel uh but also a lot so many of my ideas come together when i'm running you know well the brain arose to facilitate movement some
0: biologist Mm. told me that at a party and it blew my mind because i got into boxing and way into yoga and into running and i thought what am i a dumb guy i'm an athlete now But that's (laughs) (laughs) not that athletes are dumb, okay? No, I got you. You know what I mean? I just was like, what am I, vain? There's there's the music versus the jock world or whatever. Right. right I was still in that uh, paradigm or whatever. And then when he said that, I was like, oh, shit. So the actual purpose of your brain is for movement. So when you're moving a lot, then Mm. all of a sudden that's why inspiration comes in. That's Mm. why the good thoughts come. Because your brain is like firing on all cylinders. Right.
1: I love that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I it's mean, just it makes a sense.
0: small shift of perception, but it like does something.
2: Hmm.
1: Do you write songs when you run? No, I don't write songs
2: when I. I mean, might I might have an idea, or that's what I'm saying though. Is like life might not be making sense, or whatever. A project's not making sense, and I go running, and there'll be like a part of it that just connects mm-hmm. while I'm running, like because I'm thinking of, like, like 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 I'm not it's thinking about it, and it's like wait, that would work if this came together, or why don't I do this, and that sort of thing is helpful. Or sometimes. I will stop in the middle of the run to like make a couple of notes and then keep going yeah. or something. But um I don't know. I like to say I'm always writing songs, you know. Like right now I'm writing a song, man. <laughs> well, your that's,
0: subconscious probably is.
2: I had a really hard time in the beginning cuz I didn't really know anybody growing up that had a job that looked like ours, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I was like you get up, you go to work from 9 to 5, you come home, and that's that's what that's how a job is. And if you're not working those hours and you're being and, you know, I, and then I was being lazy or something. So it took me mm-hmm. a really long time to feel like comfortable with just like my work doesn't look the same and I never know what I'm doing that's gonna inspire me to do something different. And um, so these days I'm much more open to like, it's all part of the process, you
0: know? Do you have like a morning routine or do you have a specific time you wake up or
1: are you loose?
2: Yeah, well these days I, I have a 18 month old daughter so things are, okay. are even more. Uh,
1: she sets the schedule.
2: She does a little bit. We set the schedule, but she keeps the schedule. Yeah. You know? I know. Um <laughs> so but it's like the morning's kind of getting up and just it's actually that stuff's helpful for me. I was talking to I was just doing a couple of a little run of shows myself and and there's something about being on tour that I really like. The part I like is is like there's only one task really. By the end of the uh-huh. day, it's like do the show. If you did the show, yeah, then that's why you're here, you know? And right. Like, um I've been sort of trying to look at things that way in my home life too, of like, what's the one thing that needs to get done today for me to feel like I did things and then everything else is kind of fluid or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I like having sort of that structure in the morning of like, okay, I get up, I got to walk the dog. I'm going to feed my daughter. And like, it sort of just gives some structure of like, I've already done these things before, uh, I'm hearing myself talk about it a lot, but I just, I just have always dealt with a lot of guilt of like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not.
0: Uh, yeah, I have that too, yeah. man. What do you think that comes from? Dysfunctional childhood, probably. Maybe. I think it could be. I have that too, though, in the worst way. And sometimes I'm like, man, dude, I could do like a million things and kill it and still have that. Be like, right. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> yeah. Like, can you cut yourself some slack?
2: Yeah, it's really like, hard. You know? Yeah. What I'm here to tell you cut yourself some slack.
0: Jesse. I'm telling you that too, <laughs> right back at you.
2: Um yeah, I mean, it's just uh I don't know. I also think not to get too intense about this, but Let's I do get think intense. it's intense. I think there's a lot of it's built into a lot of American ideals, right? Like yeah. American the whole idea of the American dream is like if you work hard enough, mm-hmm. you can become anything. And so right. like you're always supposed to be working, like yeah, And I'm sort of starting to push back against that some now as I'm yeah, maybe, getting a little older. Yeah, and like I'm just like, fun. that's not the point. I think a lot of the culture is, you know, you're hearing a lot more about like work-life balance and stuff like that. But I just sort of feel like there's this feeling of like, if you're not working all the time, then you're lazy. or like, you know, we sort of take yeah. pride in that we only take two weeks off a year in every other yeah. country. You take the whole summer off. That's not how you get anything done. Right. But what's the point?
0: Yeah, I've been listening to Abraham Hicks a lot about manifesting. Do you ever listen no, to that No, tell kind me of stuff? more. I've been talking like,
2: about manifesting with my Yeah, with my check wife. out
0: Abraham Hicks because she talks about like, you know, when you want to manifest things, you have to like access your vortex and like the you know, the energy you put into a thing is what you're going to get back from right. it. Like so if you put in ease and not stress and you feel good and that's when like you keep and gratitude and then you manifest more things to be grateful right. for. You sort of that you get what of, you put out. That type of thing. So if you're at things like in this like hyper stressed, like beating yourself up way, then that's what you're gonna manifest. Right. More of that. Mm. So it's like you gotta be cautious about the energy you put into things.
2: This is, my wife wants me to make a vision board. My wife's right, that a, type she's of She's a shit. known manifester. Like yeah. she just she I believe in all that. Well, so I've been like Struggling with it though. We're getting ready to do it. I sort of made a list of things, but I'm trying to find this Put line. Put some Grammys
0: of... on it. Put some Grammys. <laughs> well, this is. The... <laughs> I, I have Grammys on mine. You do? Did yeah. you make a
2: vision board? Oh fuck yeah, Did you dude. cut it out or you drew it? No, you, you I painted I, it. Or something. I have an app. No, bro, I do. I There's <laughs> I an... a
0: vision board <laughs> app? <laughs> There's multiple vision board apps, dude. So what is? It? Just get with it. So is yours just on your phone? <laughs> no, it's on my iPad. Okay. Did you print it out or something or no? No, I just look at it on the iPad. Just look at it. So what else is on there? Grammys. <laughs> Some some chicks and some bikinis. Nice. <laughs> A
1: house on the beach. A house on the beach. Yeah. You use, the, you
2: use the, bro app, the bro vision board app. Exactly.
3: <laughs> the right. private jet. Tall boy. Couple butt <laughs> Private jet. The Lamborghini. A jacuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> the basics. You know, the basics. Yeah, right.
0: Fucking basketball court. Best, yeah. Best friends with now, Keanu mine would, Reeves. Yeah, best friends with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> My, mine would definitely have like... Uh, a big, huge art studio space, okay. place I can paint. Right, like probably in Soho, multi-levelled, like penthouse type of vibe. Oh man, like,
2: you're like thirty years too late.
3: Yeah, where <laughs> we're,
0: we're <laughs> one is like one floor is just for painting, the other floor is just for music, and the other floor is just for life. For the I chicks and the bikinis, right? You're like a
2: department store.
0: Yeah, and then I got my yoga studio downstairs, oh, and great. a music and my own museum really street level of museum of your M- museum of modern arthur wow you thought about this this is good that's <laughs> yes. clever i gotta say some of that he manifested <laughs> well i already in did arthur. i already did that i had oh. one i had museum of modern arthur before so that's great it's gonna make a comeback though that's a good idea do you practice yoga sometimes see that to me is the is like the alpha and the omega of all that stuff mm. i mean running is great too i but prefer yoga- pilates actually oh i like pilates too yeah where do you do that?
2: Uh, I've got a place over near where I live. That's it's actually it's cool. It was an old bar. They like they re- retrofitted the whole thing, and so it's like it's a very New York kind of place. Yeah, um, what's but, it called? Where well, you- it was called um, Sal Anthony's. Pilates. But hey, let's go to Sal Anthony's. Yeah. He, he also and, had a, hey,
0: Sal Anthony's Pilates over here yeah.
2: in,
3: like, in Brooklyn, Sal yeah, Anthony's. Exactly. We
0: got your Pilates over here and we got a sausage roll. He did actually have a restaurant as well. Sal Anthony's Pilates and Sausage.
1: That's a great name for a Pilates studio. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll
0: be like the original Sal Anthony's. Hey, get your Sal Anthony's Pilates and Sausage Roll. <laughs> He's enjoying this. He's riffing. <laughs> well, we are making a podcast. We got to keep it fun. Yeah. So So then, so look, back to Perez Hilton though. So how okay. did that happen? So you so
1: Before that though, you just jumped from, from open Maverick. open mics to getting signed. That's Maverick. a big jump and then being dropped yeah, after being start- signed how does that bubble burst? i always remember
2: that on the behind the music on vh1 yeah. it, it always was like that they were always like they were playing some clubs a few months later they were signed to Geffen records <laughs> right. and i was like this is the part i need to know how uh, do you get from here to here okay so over. yeah that Thank was you. good Thank you. yeah so uh how did you get from there to there i mean it sort of was a blur i just played a lot i started playing in la and then like friends of friends were coming and eventually a person came who was like with a record label and it was like so incredibly unsexy how it happened it was just like random yeah it was random and but it was like just from playing so many shows that eventually somebody was interested and I was also getting way better as I was doing it and uh so I yeah it was how many
0: years was that
2: I started doing it full time 2002 I got signed in 2005 I think and then re-signed in 2007 and then dropped in 2012 probably I left we parted ways but I gotta say I, I was so you got signed always twice
1: sort of, by the same label yes correct That's crazy. Yeah. Warner Brothers <laughs> yeah and I
2: mean
0: I were you signed to a label yeah you oh. were yeah right man I've been signed and dropped so many times <laughs> Bro, <laughs> how many times? I don't know. I or, thought you were gonna do a joke here. I thought that was a uh, setup for a joke. It was trying to be, but well, then I've I, been
2: signed uh, and dropped so many I mean, times. Yeah. I look like a, a goofball. But yeah. you had major. <laughs> you had real. Real world was major,
1: and what was the other one? Uh, that's Virgin? cool. You,
2: oh yeah, you were in real world. That's cool. Uh, real man.
0: world. Yeah. Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel.
2: Did you meet him? Oh yeah. That's what people always ask me about Madonna, and I never met her. You never so, met her?
0: No. Oh yeah, no. But with the Peter, Peter was like he mentored me. Cool. Yeah, I got to make like three records in that's the studio awesome, over dude. there. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah. I bet he's like a family member to me. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah,
2: that's a different thing. But even that's like that's yeah. like an imprint, right? Like of a bigger... That was an
0: imprint of Virgin. Gray. Yeah. So then, so that was the confusion. I, I mean real world and and me still play around like we're still we're talking about making doing Flirting. another we still flirt like Ooh. every now and again I'll throw another record out with them you know cool. and like we're talking about doing something else maybe soon you know like yeah, so yeah. there's an active relationship there still so it's not like they drop me but then labels that they went through did drop totally. me and then we also did fall out at one point got mad at each other but Ooh. then we became sounds fr- like the real world no it was the real world dude this is my behind the world, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah i'd say like uh major labels are kind of like it's like having a stay with me it's like having a tiger as a pet you know it's like uh-huh. it can go well for a while but yeah. eventually that
0: shit's tiger's gonna, gonna do what a tiger does you i know? like that like, <laughs> That's a lot like, yeah, that's true. Not to
2: say it wasn't great while it was great, but eventually Mm. the tiger's going to eat me, man. You know, like it's what it does. It's as soon as I'm not, you know, I I get it from a perspective.
1: But what do you do when it eats you before you even put your first record out? Does that like make you want to quit yeah nice segue back thank into you the, yeah you're back, keeping us focused because well, <laughs> yeah. he before you know you you when you were with them before they dropped you before the record label fell apart did you already have an album recorded with them or no, you were, I didn't was, even get there i was yet?
2: making an album with them and i got a call from my manager was like hey
0: maverick's freezing Everything's on hold. Oh yeah, I heard you were in the studio, and then they said you can't go in the studio, and you can't stay at the hotel yeah, anymore. Yeah. Like that type. It they, was like I've they had, pulled the carpet. Out. There's
2: been a couple of those experiences. That's crazy in, the, in my life of just like yeah, one day you're like doing something, the next day it's just all gone, and it's like wow, like this this stuff is fragile. I mean, I guess that's life in general. I guess but, I should uh, be doing something. That else. is life in yeah. general. But yeah, I definitely felt like maybe this was a sign. Maybe I should try something else. They gave me. Uh, some
0: money to, to, I can't, go that away. part I can't get with. Like how at 25, you got signed to Maverick or whatever. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. How you went there to like, maybe that's a sign. I'd be like, yo, I'm the shit. This dumb label folded, but I'm still the shit.
2: Yeah. And didn't feel that way. I no? felt like, man, I, <laughs> I, uh, blew it. And, uh, um... why? Like
0: they folded. It wasn't like they dropped just you.
2: Yeah. But it felt like that was my, that was my shot. You know, uh-huh. like it felt like, uh, but I, I didn't, I mean, I ended up not doing that, but I just felt like maybe this is just as far as it's going to go and I should, because, you know, mm. they gave me a not insignificant amount of money to, like, cl- close out my contract. So I was like, maybe I should just take this as, like, the money I made from music and do something else. But in the end, I realized that, that wasn't my thing. You know? Right. Again, yeah. though, like I was saying, because, like, I didn't really know, I didn't have a lot of artists as models. So it was like, this is sort of weird territory i'm in already i don't know if you make money or how it works so i was kind of like maybe i should do
0: something a little more realistic i mean i still feel like that every other day just about yeah
2: i agree it's the fun part but the it's stressful it's stressful
0: especially with a kid probably
2: right uh in some ways it's been more focusing really like it's just like okay i just know what i need to do and Mm -hmm. and then the rest of the time is about being with her and stuff so it's like it's in some ways it's been good for me in a lot of ways. In most ways. Right. How old? She's eighteen months. Eight. So and we took her on the tour bus when she was like four months old. Oof. Yeah. That was that was rough. <laughs> How you, long? do you have kids or not? no? Yeah. Um took her for a couple weeks. That was hard. That's she was rough kinda, at that age, yeah, man. Yeah. You gotta wait. <laughs> yeah, but uh we got the pictures. That's all that matters. You know, we got the picture of her in front of the tour bus. But um I don't know it's it's focused me in a lot of great ways like I think it's I do better when I'm busy Mm -hmm. so like it's been helpful to be like okay I mean there's sure there's times where I'm like I would love to just lie here and we have help and stuff so like I I can't complain but
0: what do you mean you have help
2: like we have a nanny oh you do yeah um because my wife and I are both working and we have unpredictable hours and stuff so the nanny is watching my baby right now while I'm here chatting
0: with you that's amazing
2: we're very lucky yeah that's great lucky. so uh, oh, we got it we got the refills here thank you
0: so okay so the maverick thing folds right and then when does perez get when did let's talk about the viral yeah. moment because that's crazy i remember when right right around then he was like at the top of he pop was. culture he man was. it's hard for people to probably remember that or like yeah for sure I don't, I don't know rem- what
2: the equivalent would be now yeah but yeah, it was just like, it seemed like everyone was looking at it. He he was this tastemaker for music.
1: Yeah. He controversial had this, as well, right? He was controversial
2: because yeah. he was, was pretty kind of mean. He was yeah. mean spirited. But when he posted, so like, a friend of mine just sent a bunch of my songs to him randomly, and he liked them, and so he just posted them, and with this little glowing review of the songs. And like, overnight, I was in LA at the time, like, doing a show, and overnight so i woke up on west coast time and things had already like blown up my phone was like going crazy mm-hmm. it was like those it was you know it was like, like a, a dream. dream come true moment. it was it was, yeah. it was amazing but it was it was like it lasted like maybe a week and then things kind of like went back to normal <laughs> on some level but things had changed enough like we ended up getting you know a, a bidding war and stuff it was all but it was all just because like overnight the music was interesting and then but that was like all people wanted to talk about for a long time Perez Hilton but he was really good to me and I went and played some of his I did like a showcase with him and at, Aust- at uh, South by Southwest that Katy Perry was on it was mm-hmm. like nobody knew who she was he was like she was one of his favorites also and like I'd, I think I remember I didn't even that. realize It was her until like Years later I was like Shit that was Katy Perry I met That's so weird <laughs> Yeah It was so weird and I was like She's just like This pop thing That no one's paying Attention to And Took I don't a know minute run, Maybe a year yeah. later She blew up But the I don't know It's like I always just saw the I don't know If some people see me Because of the Perez stuff As like uh, I cheated Or I'm American Idol Or something You know To me it was just like this random spotlight that just why Why do you think that i don't know i mean it was it because was he's a, a blogger or whatever yeah or, or it's just like an untraditional way or yeah i don't know it's, but just,
1: it's no different than a song ending on a tv show and it, making someone's career i, I, that's, I think that's so. what i think i think yeah so. i don't
0: think any, i think that might be more in your head maybe yeah
2: but i don't know i just
1: uh i never heard about you and him until i researched you a little oh, yeah? so i new about you from you you know it's probably all your new fans are the same nobody will go back to yeah perez. i just sent
2: the music to perez i got some new stuff coming i sent it to perez oh you know i always keep him in loop and and uh he's seriously he's always been nothing but great to me so i i appreciate it and, and it changed sure it changed my my life um so that stuff was really exciting but also like weird you know i mean like
0: but you, like, landed in the Billboard charts and stuff, yeah. too. So. Yeah,
2: it was, like, the album went into the top ten of iTunes, which, again, was the most important thing, was the iTunes chart at the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, the album was, like, it just reacted, like, instantly, and people took notice, and suddenly everybody was calling me who never called me back, and... Um, it was exciting. It was like, wow, this is actually coming together. This is what crazy. would you
0: say to somebody when they called you but they, they normally didn't? call Well, you <laughs> well, well.
2: No, it was like I was just. I don't think I was answering the phone. I think I was just letting everything just kind of collect. But it was mm-hmm. it was crazy. It was like, ah, oh, Nora Jones's uh, booking agent wants to start working with you, and blah blah blah. And it was like. It was just a lot. Like every record label was interested. They all wanted to have meetings. And it was. Uh, but
0: it paid off. You probably got a good booking agent and a good record label out of it, right? Or Yeah. I mean, uh, it was. What was the label that signed you? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. <laughs> okay. and so I had to sit right. down with
2: the president and be like, you guys just dropped me six months ago. Okay. What do you say? Sorry, man. Whatever. Are you going to sign with us or not? You know, right. He didn't care. He's like, it wasn't yeah. my decision. I don't. That was different. You yeah. know, hadn't made this record yet. What a, right. So. Um, that stuff was interesting. I, I really enjoy being an independent artist, though, now, because it was hard being on the label. I, <clears throat> it took so long to do everything. You know, yeah. like The time from when a song was written to when it came out could be years and, and years. And you have to
0: somehow coalesce everybody on the team to kind yeah. of get behind you. They don't, it's a very political situation. Yeah, just looking
2: back on it, I've always sort of made a kind of pop-driven music and everything, but it's, I'm not very, like, pop-minded that way of like I want to be able to do what I want to do I I like having freedom yeah a certain level I like to think of myself more like a a motorboat right compared to like a steamer or something I'm, I'm big on analogies
0: well you experiment with lots of different styles I have
2: been able to now you know because that's been fun to me that's been one of the best parts is like I just feel like I can do whatever's interesting to me and hopefully and then that's what it is to me now where I'm at is like this sounds really interesting to me. I want to figure out how to make it. And then once I make it, the the challenge is how do I like get other people to buy into
0: this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, well, you need to have a story. And right. I like the concept of your new thing. The, yeah, the 90s. Yeah. And then also sort of autobiography of your 90s life. Yeah,
2: the album's called Class of 98 and it's all songs in the style of like Weezer and Green Day yeah. about my high school days. So, it was really fun to make. It was like very felt very natural to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh I realized afterwards it was like the album I wanted to make when I was like 16 and playing guitar and like I just didn't know how to yet. So like it's kind of I kind of like got to go back and go through my journal and like finally make that record.
0: Yeah, how liberating was that and how fun was that to just go to like Cause fun. that style of songwriting is so fun. I'm like from that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I. it was get- fun
2: to really like get in there and study it and like, Oh, these chords, like, Oh, I have to go from like this to this or like, that's so, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just fun to sort of, I like to work within, I'm really enjoying different genres and stuff like there's certain parameters and then like it's within that gives you like a certain guideline of like, well, this is something I could do, or this is something that wouldn't really work in this world. And, um, there was lots of stuff from high school to write about. So it was uh
0: it was fun. How'd you come up with that concept?
2: I don't know, I was probably on a run for real. Like uh, it was yeah. one of those more and more I feel like the things come together as like a whole concept now where it's like, okay, it's these kinds of songs about this stuff, and then it's just like I said, the most exciting part to me now is like what's something that I don't exactly know how to do yet and like how can I put it together and make it work? Do you meditate? Not as much as I would like. I have a thing where like, I'm like meditating and like being like, oh man, if I was by a beach, then I could really be meditating well right now. But mm-hmm. like, and then I'm like missing it. But I try to meditate more on the road, actually. Because mm-hmm. the day's so hectic, I find if I can do it a little bit before I go on stage, it really makes a difference.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you meditate? I do, yeah. How often? Well, I do a yoga practice every day. So mm-hmm. there's always savasana like at the end. Oh man, savasana is the best. And I like, I hang back always. I'm always the last person to leave. Because-
2: why Why should we... It's like, is it a New York thing to be rushing through the end or something? It's like... I don't know. You should every, be able to pay fifteen bucks extra and just stay there for an hour.
0: They let you stay. I mean, they always let you stay. You can easily meditate for ten, fifteen minutes, you know. Yeah. Before like there's a cleaning crew in there. Yeah, Savasana is the best part. I mean, that's to me is the whole reason I go well, to yoga. Yeah, the idea is that you like exhaust your body enough to where you can calm down and meditate. So right. I always do that. But then lately on this like last tour, I've been like actively just taking time out to meditate before a gig and stuff like that. And like in the morning too. Um,
2: I think there's just so many preconceived. I uh, definitely like, you know, you hear meditate, you got to be like, Ohm. And you're like in the pose and you know, there's all kinds of different ones. I know, but, but meditating to me more and more is just like anything that I'm doing that I'm fully invested in. And I'm not thinking about anything else. Right. You know, like playing guitar, for many, many years, was very meditative like that for me. Like yeah. when I was a kid, because I was like that could just get me away from everything, and I could just sing and play. But now it's more like okay, I can lie down, I can
0: just sort of find a moment to myself, kind of. Yeah, or becoming know? the witness, mm. like metacognition. Mm. Are you familiar with that term? Metacogn- no, it's the School me. it's the idea that like uh, it's we're the only animals that have the ability of metacognition, which is like we can apparently that's what i heard yeah i, I don't i'm not a scientist i'm not making yet. up these theories <laughs> yeah yet exactly <clears throat> no but we can observe our so it's like if i'm afraid i'm like who's afraid who's asking who who's afraid you totally know, you keep up level you be, keep being the witness so meditation is like getting into that witness hmm. consciousness over and over again i guess or observing your breath or you know like uh a mantra, like, are you familiar with Ho'oponopono? No. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Mm. You, um, it's a Hawaiian mantra that sort of releases. Um, it can help release trauma, and if you have a if you have a problem with somebody and within yourself, you just apply that mantra to it. Yeah, it makes sense. It's it, all you need. It's really. very healing. Yeah. The Hawaiians have it figured out. They they yeah. do on this one. The, so that's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one to check out. Okay, what is it again? Can you say Ho'opono pono? It it's like Ho H O, mm-hmm. and then apostrophe, and then O oh, pono pono.
2: Are you all googling it at home? Yeah.
0: Pono. <laughs> Ho'oponopono. pono. Ho'opono. pono. Yeah, I've been I've been playing in Hawaii
2: as much as possible. Now I'm trying to go back, and hopefully we're going to be back in January 2021. But I've been I feel very much at peace there whenever
0: I'm there. Why do you go there? Uh, Why not? Yeah, why not, but what led you there?
2: I started because I was doing a thing where I was playing the last States I'd never played. I, I was like, I thought I was retiring maybe.
0: Man, you're always quitting.
2: I know. <laughs> I'm very, like, absolute about stuff. you like, I'm, I'm out, bro. I really, I felt like, I think I'm going to be You only got one foot out the door. Yeah. And uh,
1: you actually announced that you're taking a break. Yes. Your wife
0: wouldn't let you. That's true. She wouldn't <laughs> let you say in retirement because she's smart. Yes, she's smarter What's than me. What's her name? Jill. Shout out, Jill. Shout out, Jill.
2: <laughs> um,
0: so I thought I was going to
2: quit but I was like, you know, I've got five states left to go before, like, to play all 50 states. So I just, I made a tour of just those states, the uncharted territory, and I went and played those. And one of them was Hawaii. And, uh, man, I was just so taken with Hawaii. I just got it, you know? Like, so I stayed there a little longer. And then I went back and did another show there. And now I'm just like, this is part of what I want to be doing with the music, is, like, the music taking me places that are inspiring to me but also you know like maybe people don't go as much and right um so i'm trying to do did you get a crowd out there there. did all right yeah all right that's cool yeah have you played have you played in hawaii never dude you gotta go
0: i want to do you surf i don't
2: i tried it there though
0: yeah it's Um, hard to get get on the board yeah
2: it was uh it was more arm work than I expected. Mm-hmm. That was the main thing I noticed. I actually was listening to the Stephen Jenkins podcast you did, and he was
3: oh really?
0: He
2: was talking a lot about he surfing, loves surfing on here. Yeah. That's funny. Maybe that'll be my next thing. I don't know.
1: Listen to the Chuck Profit one. He also goes he into surfing. Also? Yeah. Chuck
0: tried to teach me how to surf because we do this thing in Mexico. Peter Buck has the, had this festival, has this festival. Todos Santos. Um, cool. Yeah.
2: Tell me about Peter Buck, man. I I went through like. A, a recent crazy r e m phase that i when I was thinking about quitting like I found so much inspiration in r e m right, and uh so I'm kind of like, What's your favorite favorite r e m record uh I think automatic for the people, oh, okay, but I got way into the older stuff that I hadn't really known that well. And I watched the documentary and uh, I just yeah. found them really inspiring of sort of they kind of just did whatever they wanted,
0: yeah. I like Reckoning a lot. Mm. The, what songs the are on Reckoning? Second one, Pretty Persuasion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Seven Chinese.
2: It's like cooler to say something. you like the earlier stuff, right? I guess, it is, but, but I'm but with you on automatic. IRS stuff is like cooler than Warner stuff. Well, yeah, but I, yeah, but that's just just by
0: definition. That's true. This is different. Yeah, that's
3: like true, that.
2: but
0: I—that's when I got into them, so that's why.
3: What's
2: the song I heard? I was like, this sounds like the Smiths, but it's not the Smiths. I realized they're sort of like the American Smiths in the early days, in my opinion. But like, uh, what was the song? I can't remember it now, but I heard it and I was like, what is this? And it turned out to be R.E.M. And I was like, this is so much different than like what I'd sort of thought of as R.E.M., which was much more 90s and like shiny happy people and
1: stuff yeah Yeah. everything after out of time was different from everything before that
2: totally and that's part of what i appreciated about them and they just they i saw something where they were talking about like this is what rem does and this is what pop music does and every now and then rem like connects to it and sometimes it doesn't and i found that really calming yeah but all this to say what's uh How'd you get to meet him and how does that happen
0: well he i used to do like a residency in seattle when i first got like when i was first coming out and he would come you know yeah. i mean thing about peter buck is he's got a huge amount of enthusiasm for music mm. in general yeah you that's know cool. and i feel like that's what uh you know he celebrates through all of his projects i mean right Right now he's got like ten bands, hmm. you know. I'm in one of them, which is great. Cool. You know, <laughs> like, which band is that? It's called Arthur Buck.
2: Okay, how'd you yeah. come up with the name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah,
0: we put out a record. Uh, Actually, that sounds familiar now that you're saying. Yeah, like cool, A, a dude. couple years ago, and then we just finished our second one. Jack awesome. Knife Lee mixed it, so it, we're looking for a label for it, or we're gonna put it out ourselves. Fun. Yeah. It's and, fun, it's, and
1: you it, toured with REM, and
0: we toured. Oh yeah! Oh, and then I toured with REM. Yeah. yeah. Whoa! Yeah, I got to open up for them in Europe. Wow! What yeah. year was that? It was when they were doing Around the Sun, mm-hmm. and that um, was incredible. Because I would, do, I was doing it on my own, playing arenas just solo. solo. Yeah.
2: That's that's so uh, yeah. Ed Sheeran of you. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. but it's, there's something really cool about that where you can yeah. Well, you I was can do looping that, as anywhere. well.
0: Yeah, that's true. But they were really nice. I mean, like Michael would introduce me, mm. so that like that's a cool. You know, most headline bands don't do that. Yeah. And then at my last song, Peter would come out and play with me. So it was cool. like it was
2: the beginnings of Arthur Buck.
0: Yeah, it was. So I had like you know they gave me a serious leg in. That's awesome. You know, like
2: that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's your? That's a question I get a lot, but I feel like you got some good answers for that. Like, what is a? When you think of like the zenith moments of your musical career, right? what comes to mind? Does opening for R.E.M. come in there or no? I mean, that's a pretty good one to impress at like a cocktail party.
0: Yeah, that's a good one for that. But, um, you know, I don't know. I think I, if I'm authentically answering that, it would just be like in this sort of transcendent moments of performances, Yeah, you know, like those times when you're just in really in the flow. Well, that's like the you know? the
2: dirty secret of the music business is those are the best parts. The other stuff yeah. is just helps you get to those parts more. But right. like, but there's just things when you look back, you're like, wow, that was me. I actually did that thing.
0: You know, I was there. Right. Do you have something like that or no? Um, opening up for Ben Harper at um, the Bercy in Paris in front mm. of like seventeen thousand people. Like, that's cool. That is one of them I remember. You do well in France. Yeah. Nice Yeah They've always embraced me um, It's been That that gave me a career That's awesome My first album came out And did really well there And then everywhere else It was like Pretty much a struggle For a long time Interesting You're just French Yeah I have a French spirit I love that. Joseph <laughs> That's what they call me there. Sounds great. Joseph
2: Plus, the best. Everything's Do ah, <laughs> Can you
0: speak any French? Do you ever tour over there? No. Uh, un petit peu. Okay. Uh, <laughs> good. Good. <That's> convincing. <laughs> you, have you ever toured over C'est pas there? Um, not in Not in France. <laughs> Je m'appelle Joseph <laughs> So, yeah, you're never, your songs are never in French, right? Like, you're just. Just,
2: you know, i get it though it with it's like your music is very has a very specific mood to it i feel like and like, yeah that is it's like, the french mood yeah but it's like turns out yeah it's awesome <laughs> it's awesome dude. i've never never been in i've been to france but uh never done music there i would like to but um, have you
0: toured in europe much or a little not really? bit i played in england my, my
2: first record did really well in australia mm. so i went there and new zealand and uh played the UK a little bit and stuff but like it was always about America like there was so much in the beginning it would, the whole the mantra was just if we can break it in America we'll break it everywhere just mm-hmm. keep going mm-hmm. and I turned down a a uh, I was supposed to go do some shows in Japan I turned it down to do some more shows in
1: America which I
0: highly regret yeah I've never played in Japan either <sighs>
1: supposed to be
2: awesome
0: yeah
1: what's your zenith moment um
2: I don't know I mean things that like again like sound cool on the resume or whatever we we opened up at the Staples Center I did a whole tour with Kelly Clarkson which is not the same as REM but Kelly was really awesome and the crowds were huge and uh
0: Staples Center
2: yeah we did two nights at the Staples Center
0: that's incredible it was
2: just things to be like that's so weird that I was there you know like it's right. more like it wasn't really me or something you know it doesn't actually change things and but that's what I was talking to my band about the other day. Like, this is my theory, at least. You tell me what you think. Like, there's a certain, like like you're talking about, there's a certain transcendent energy that, like, the exchange with people on stage, That and that same energy is this purest. It could be with 40 people in the room. It could mm-hmm. be 400. It could be 40,000. But I don't think the feeling actually gets exponentially better based on how many people are there. No, it's.
0: I was just telling uh, my friend yesterday, like it's like because I did a house concert yesterday, and it was like. It's harder. That's harder. Like a house concert to me is harder than playing in front of like seventy thousand people at a festival. Right. Well, you you can see each person responding to it. Well, also like when when you're playing in front of a lot of people, like thousands and thousands of people, there's such a huge like fourth wall. Like Mm -hmm. you're you're just a character in a movie at that point, right? Like, but when you're in a room and like in front of ten people, singing your heart out. Through like a fucked up PA, (laughs) yeah. That's hard. It is hard. Bat is hard. Well, it's also I feel like people take you as they take you
2: as seriously as the environment.
0: Well, exactly too. So you're like you're yeah like so when you're in front of like four people and and like a living room keeps getting smaller and smaller. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. When you're in front of one person (laughs) and and you don't even need a PA anymore. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, so. Um. Likewise, if you're in front of thousands of people, it's like, whoa, well, that guy must be—that guy must know what he's doing.
2: But I'm convinced. I don't have any. I'm just convinced there must be nights where Bono comes off stage and he's like, "Man, that crowd was so flat." You know, like, oh yeah, for sure. Even though no matter what, it seems like if you're at a show, it's like everyone is jacked for this U2 show. But no. I just feel like you get used to that level. Eventually, you can sort of see the you can see the details in there. Of no,
0: like, that that's absolutely true. In fact, I I remember that. From touring with REM mm-hmm. is that they would sometimes have those kind of like oh yeah that was kind of weird you know yeah like and I was like oh even on that level yeah and that th- was something noticed I, I it was so like important
2: that. for me to see you know that like yeah. because I when I was younger especially it was like well if I can just get to this or play this place or get signed to this. Then I'll be happy. Then mm-hmm. things will make sense. Then everything will be easy. Mm-hmm. And it was so important to go and be like, oh, I'm opening for this band, but like nobody showed up here in Oklahoma. Yeah. It doesn't always work, you know. And no matter what. And you know? so
0: now have you learned through getting older to enjoy the moments? Because like, I, I went through so many years of exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it's so much that drives tra- it in the beginning. It's trained me now to just really appreciate now. Like when I go out and tour now Like even though it's like You know I just did a little Canadian run Little little places Cool Mm -hmm. People came It was fun Yeah You know it was a vibe but, it, you know, but like I remember back in the day, I'd be like, well, uh, ne- this was like a means to an end. Totally.
2: I would be on stage playing a place thinking about the next, next place we were going to play this game right.
0: even bigger. But now I don't, I, I've like, I've kind of cured that because of just being coming older and living longer knowing, okay, these are the moments. Yeah. These are, this is the moment. This is I mean, the point. This is the point. Are you, do you get to that place? uh no not at all
3: no i do actually
2: <laughs> i think I, that's the that's yeah, what i it's
0: work to get to that place though. yeah
2: and yeah. it's that's
0: be here now yeah the ram das yeah You're...
2: i also i read this book uh wherever you go there you are yeah that one's who wrote great. that that's uh john cabot zinn who's oh, okay. like a big american he's americanized a lot of these ideas but uh yeah i think that's the part that i love the most about what i do now is sort of the spreading of goodwill and this idea that like i have a job where i get to go entertain people and make them feel good and i have so many people that feed that back to me of like this is what your music is meant to me or this is what it does and like that exchange is so much more important to me now than like what chart position or or whatever else mm-hmm. you know like it's just uh it's why I do it. It's like I do it because people are there and the connection and that experience. And t- the, my favorite thing is hearing, you know, people singing the music with me and it having me this, this uh, connection. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. Are you touring now or what? What's, what's- I just
2: did some West Coast dates. I don't know how, when this is going to air, but uh, uh, yeah, I've got a tour coming up on the East Coast. Starts at the end of April,
0: the Class of '98 tour. Are you playing with a band or solo? Yeah, uh, we're doing like a power
2: trio thing,
0: and you uh, kind of need it for this record. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's so, not really a
0: solo acoustic jam. Well, it could be, but I do think I'm going to do some MTV some unplugged. unplugged shows. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's '90s too. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah.
2: It's all, I mean, I just love the '90s, so everything is like, oh, it's perfect. Like, yeah, there's a. There's a hidden track on the new album because my manager was I was finishing the album, he's like, If it's a nineties album, you gotta have a hidden track, <laughs> That's dude. That's great. And I was like 14 that is genius. Fourteen minutes after the yeah. last song. <laughs> we tried to put it late, but they were like, "That's eh, it's not gonna really work in the Spotify world, but it's late enough that you might miss it, you know? That's funny. Yeah. And uh I don't know. I like touring, but like in shorter spurts. You know, like I can't I used to be out there for two months at a time or something, and it's I would kind of lose my mind. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, do you- I don't know how you feel about that stuff, but like, I need some sort of regularity, I guess. Yeah,
0: I'm getting ready to go on a long run. How long? Well, I got two and a half months. Oh, God. I, uh,
2: did I just freak you
0: out? Opening up for Greg Dooley on his solo. Cool. You know, Afghan Wigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, he has, he's put a new album out.
0: Put a new solo album out. Yeah. So,. I'll be opening, supporting him and then also being in his band. Cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. Should be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be on a bus. So that'll be, you know, that makes a big difference. Big difference. You know, it's just like, okay. And lock in. I mean, thing about something like a long run like that is, is it just kind of, you like get prepared for it and. You make it into like this, like, okay, I'm going to run. We're already planning yoga. Good. like Yeah, like, you know, like, that's the modern touring It's like camp. Life.
2: It's fun. I mean, it's, right. there's something amazing about like tapping into that world, you yeah. know, and, you're, and everyone's in the same thing, and you're all going through it, and there's these ups and downs. And you, it's you know
0: like it's, it's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be challenging, but that's yeah. part of the fun of it. Like, okay, this is like, uh, it's like boot camp yeah. or something. You know, For you sure. like get into that zone with it. Yeah. And then you make it into fun.
3: Yeah,
2: definitely. You know? And there's, yeah, I mean... That part of it is awesome. And I never went to sleepaway camp and stuff. So I feel like that part of it is really. That cool. is sleepaway camp. Yeah, it yeah. is. And, it, and you're actually making, you know, that's your job. I know to that's go important that to
0: you too, like with the believers and stuff like mm. that, right? Like yeah. you having that comrade, like the camaraderie or whatever within the music. I heard you talk yeah, about that too. Yeah, for
2: sure. Um, it's funny, the believers are taking a break right now. Right. So uh, I'm doing a, a slightly different thing. But yeah, it's sort of at the same time, a couple of them were like, I can't go on the road right now i'm sorry so right. i'm sort of finding a different thing but that has been so important i just toured solo for so long that right. learning how to play with a band and finding the people to like surround myself with i mean that changes everything obviously it, yeah
0: i had that too at a time with the lonely astronauts that sort of collaborative like friendship like yeah. i mean hippie. it's a band. Hippie, like going out and taking mushrooms and the Lonely Astronauts. You have good band
2: are good uh, names for stuff. Yeah. You know? like, thanks, man. <laughs> That's good. <yeah. laughs> what are some other ones you've got here? Um, Museum of Modern Art. There. Oh, oh Fist, Fistful of Mercy. of Mercy.
0: Ooh. With my band with Ben Harper and R-N-D-M. Danny Harrison. Nice. Yeah. RNDM with R-N-D-M Jeff Ayman. RNDM with Jeff Ayman.
2: So you got tons of bands. Tons of bands. That's cool.
0: Nine, a lot of 90s bands. RNDM.
1: There were a couple other ones. Of the 90, actor?
0: The, the actor, yeah. That holding never came the void. Out. Holding the void, yeah.
1: I can name a few more. <laughs> yeah. Name one more. Uh what was the one with Russell Simmons that never came out called? Sorry to bring it up. Oh wow. But it had I a asked, name.
0: I actually asked Lou Reed what uh, we should call that band. Cause, uh and he said or I said, give me a band name. He said Coos. Coos.
3: Coos. How do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: C O O Z, Coos. Oh, it's cool. like, it's, it's old school slang for Vijay J. Oh, got it. <laughs> Could have been also named Vijay J. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from Lou Reed. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had a good one.
1: What about yeah. modern happiness? I know you just finished that. Yeah. Was that like a concept album to you as well? There were a lot of topics. Yeah, A, l- a lot of, of heavy topics, the religion in there. Yeah, right.
2: I feel like concept album is a sort of a dirty word. People are like, ah, eh, no thanks. Why? I don't think so. I don't know. I just feel like people are like... I always do that shit. Good. I like it. Yeah. But I just like I said, I sort of like working within some sort of like, okay, this is the point of the project, as opposed to just I'm going to get a bunch of songs together. It's like, okay, well, all these songs are going to sort of deal with... Modern Happiness I made after I thought I was sort of retiring and i again that was the same time, <laughs> it was only twice. that was only I twice guess. this guy you, can't, motivates you can't
0: keep him in the business it does it does uh, it is true <laughs> i've though. decided i'm retiring now just hanging out you're full <laughs> of it i'm done I'm you an- got too many bands I, to quit i'm dude. announcing my retirement 45 years from now. but Ooh, want, that's a good I, idea. Yeah, I want everybody to be prepared for that's it.
2: It's very uh, like Elton
0: John of you. Yeah, you 45 know? years from now, I'm going to retire. From now on, <laughs> everything's the farewell tour with Joseph Arthur. Knock so, on wood. 45 years to go. <laughs> get your tickets. <laughs>
3: yeah, but then you'll be there. <laughs> See, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, get your tickets. I just enjoy ideas
2: that are like, man, some, like, have you heard this album by, uh, what's it? He's a comedian. His name is h john benjamin i believe or john h benjamin he does a bunch of vocal like over is he the voice stuff. of arthur he's the voice john benjamin yeah john benjamin so he did this album where he got all these jazz musicians together mm-hmm. and he's going to play the piano and they're all like you know straight ahead cats you know and he gets them all in the studio but he doesn't tell them that he doesn't know how to play the <laughs> piano
0: <laughs> And so they start, (laughs) you got to listen to the record, it starts and they're all playing and they stop for his first solo (laughs) and it's just like,
2: (laughs) and it's a whole album of that. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Who put it out?
3: Uh, somebody cool put it out. Like Sub Pop oh or something? Oh my
0: god. But, that is fucking genius. Yeah,
2: and the most genius part is what's more jazz than that? Like that's the most jazz shit ever to like not know how to play the piano.
3: <laughs>
2: Holy so, like, shit, dude. I don't know that, that I'm going to make that album, but like that idea, like somebody that's the kind of idea you have sitting around like high as shit, but then oh somebody actually god. did it. I'm like, that's the that's the cool part of it. It's that's like, incredible. Yeah, I forget what the album's called. I think the album's called I Can't Play Piano or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hysterical. So like that's, that sounds fun to me, but I don't think I'm going to do
0: that. But Yeah, well, that one's already done. Yeah, it's taken. He nailed it. He did. I can't wait to hear that. It's pretty, it's
2: especially fun to listen to with musicians. Like non-musicians kind of hear it and they're just kind of like, this doesn't sound very good, you know, but like.
0: (laughs) But but, but if you're in on the joke. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And I think they might have
2: even made like a little documentary and they're like showing the, they're showing the band and they're just like playing along because it's their gig. That's my favorite new thing. Yeah, yeah. I
0: love that. Yeah, that's Are you good. doing any com- comedic things or anything? Are you going back to that filmmaking thing ever? What do you I think? sort
2: of always thought I would, but I've, I've, I'm... You look like a film director. Right now? Yeah, I think like I'm on set.
0: because of the ball cap. Yeah, I only wear has, a ball
2: cap when I'm running, yeah. so... Yeah, we're gonna get a tighter shot here. No, yeah. um, I don't know. I've, I'm pretty busy right now. I thought yeah. I would get back into that, but I've got all these friends that actually do it, and, and I see... How hard it is, and yeah. like how many years they've put in. It's like the, one of them being like, "I think I'm gonna be a musician now," and I'm like, "I mean, you can, but like, right. there's a lot to learn." So I sort of uh, I get my my kicks doing like the music videos and things like that.
0: What else do you think you're gonna do? Like, because you keep threatening to retire, we're, we're waiting around for. I'm not
2: it. I'm not I'm not retiring anymore. I'm okay, good. you're good. I'm
0: good. Wait, are, are you gonna like? No, I'm still here. Are there any other like other career paths you have, or any other ambitions?
2: I mean, I'm always writing, interested in, like that. yeah, I love writing. I'm always interested in what else is around the corner. I mean, that's part of the fun part of what we do, right? It's about mm-hmm. being an artist. You sort of chase what's exciting. So I don't know. I love food. I uh, eat it every day. Um, Are you a cook? I cook at home a mm-hmm. lot, yeah. But I don't know. One idea I what's have. What's your specialty? I, um... Scrambled eggs. Come Yeah, on. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really have a specialty. I believe I. You, what, I just enjoy. Like, I enjoy. What's like on the
0: menu if I come over to your house for dinner? What, you what do you? What do you like to eat? What do you? What would you normally? I think make? if I'm gonna
2: like pull all the stops out, I'll make like a brisket or something. You oh, know? Okay. Like I enjoy like a big, a big dinner. That actually um, sounds delicious. Are you Jewish or no? No. Jew, so of
1: Arthur not Jewish. No. Okay. Maybe we'll not do the hey brisket who it is, then. Hey, is, though? He's from yeah. Israel. Yeah. yeah, I'm Jewish. He was in the Israeli
0: army. Really,
1: <laughs> I actually cooked in the Israeli
3: army. For See, a That's what I realized. He I would could do kill you in the with army. his bare hands. I was
1: and stuck in me. some base yeah. where <laughs> they left us in the middle of nowhere, and supplies would come like once a week, and then we just have to cook for ourselves. So that's where I got the little knack for. Yeah, I find he's, there's a real dude's
2: hey, good at it. Yeah, you're good. He's you good make good it. Right? I cook at home every day too. Yeah, I did a uh, an album with an Israeli piano player, and mm. she. Uh, just wouldn't stop talking about israeli food and how much better it was than all the other food and i, I mean i can't argue with her but uh there's a lot of israeli pride which i appreciate yes
1: there is yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: but i think cooking is in a lot of ways similar to being a musician there's a similar thing of like planning it executing it and then
0: presenting presenting it, it to people you know yeah
2: like, except i get to eat it at the end which just a great part right so i don't know I don't know if you have any
0: ideas. I'm open to a new, uh, new career thing. I'm just curious because, like, you know, like with all this technology coming out about how they can extend our lives and everything like that. Man, that
2: does not sound good to me. Really? I don't want to live to.
0: You don't want to live long?
2: Not 120 or something. No. Like, not real. I mean, maybe only now. It sounds cheesy, but like just with my daughter, I guess I'd like to be around to see what's going on, but. I don't know. It sounds too long. We're not made to be that long. You
0: don't think so? Do you think we are? I think so. I think I'm going to live to be 520 years old.
2: And I could see that. Yeah. For you, but Uh, not for me. (laughs) You're going to be doing your. That's when you do your retirement tour. You'll have plenty of time
1: after retirement if you're. Five
2: hundred twenty years. I mean, we're talking twenty four hundred something now. Like, you want to live in twenty four hundred? I want to see what it's like. Wow. I mean, sure. I like to see what it's like.
0: What do you think happens when you die? Nothing. Really? Yeah. That's what you really think, so. Yeah. You think it just ends and it's darkness and that's it, void.
2: I don't think it's void. I think it's the same as it was before I was born. It's there. It's uh, neutral. I find a lot of peace in that personally.
0: You think it was neutral before you were born?
2: Yeah. I don't like. I don't know. Do you think? Do you believe in reincarnation or?
0: Um, I I definitely don't think this is just gonna end. Like right. I feel like this is a spirit going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, that. I don't know. I don't think death is the end. I think it kind of like, uh, um, have you ever messed around with psychedelics or anything like that? No. Like, no. N- nothing like that.
2: Should I? Have you done like ayahuasca? Ayahuasca is more interesting to me kind of. I want to throw up when I'm having a moment.
0: I, uh, I've i done, I, d- I smoked a toad. Okay. The An d- actual toad? No, like uh, there's uh, uh, the DMT that comes oh, from yeah. the toad. I did that with a shaman in Mexico. Hmm and Uh, yeah it was incredible i found like everything was love right like like it was like this ritual like we were all like gathered around and then like people would go and smoke it and then they would like various things would happen someone would freak out some of them would like throw themselves into the ground right and and, um i went and did it and i was like i just felt like this overwhelming sense of like everything is okay everything is love there's nothing but love and there's nothing to fear at right. all and then i did it again and i like disappeared into like i, I like i died right. like basically i like became into a point of nothing that became into another point of nothing that went into nothing not, and i was like okay i'm gone and i literally thought i was dead and then i came back and i was so grateful to be back hmm. so that was really heavy it sounds uh informative to,
2: to like your experience
0: yeah well it definitely lets you know that there's other thing, there's other energies going on there's mm. other like entities you know right. there's there's a there's other realms that we're not sort of privy to mm. that we can visit through these like intense experiences yeah that's pretty cool and they're healing you know so i think that's what happens when you die you go into like you kind of re-blend in with god or consciousness or something mm. and you sort of like your your ego self, I think, dissolves probably, like yeah. your identity. But I don't think like I think we go into bliss. Yeah, I hope so. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I hope I hope so too. But um. So yeah, I don't really care if I live to be five hundred and twenty. I'm just kind of joking around. Yeah. But but I was thinking about that in terms of this like we can do multiple careers in our lives now. Even if we don't live to 520, like just with a little bit more time. Yeah. And I think like getting older, like having the, you know, the um, sort of good fortune to be able to get older and still be healthy. I'm just exploring other facets of uh, myself other than just my identity when I was like in my 20s and stuff like that. So I'm just curious too, because especially you're celebrating like your sort of identity and through the '90s yeah. music, and I think that's cool. But like, I'm just wondering if, like, as you're getting older, like, if other avenues are opening up.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, part of I think why I realized when my dad passed away, he had had this massive career change in his life, mm-hmm. and which which was, which was came on by a bunch of different reasons. But I sort of I think felt. I realized then like when he had died that like I think I always felt like I was supposed to change careers kind of you know because mm-hmm. that's what my dad had done I sort of felt like okay that's what you do like he's what did of, he do what he, he was w- a contractor and then uh, his sort of his business kind of dissolved and he went back to school he like went back to school as like a 50 year old with a bunch of 20 year olds and started to like learn about the internet and web programming and stuff and
0: and so that's exactly what Andrew Yang said people wouldn't be able to do, like learn how to program. Really? Well, he was talking about truck drivers and yeah. stuff. But that's interesting.
2: But so he did that and and then was like in a totally different world. And I think I always kind of subconsciously felt like I'm supposed to blow everything up and go do something different, you know? And I tried to. Like I I really tried to. I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to explore all the other things that I love. And out of that stuff really came like this thing of, I've got. I've spent so much time getting good at this thing of music, right. and again, like, what well, the thing I really got out of, the, of of that exploration was like the gratitude of like I feel so lucky that I get to do this, right, and that people appreciate that I do it, right, and like, why would I try to get rid of that? You yeah, know? like. But that being said, like, yeah, I love coming up with different kinds of projects and things. I just feel oh, like I know how to express myself the most through music so Mm -hmm. like when i have an idea the chances are that it's best expressed that way but yeah like i want to really write a musical that would be something that would be like separate but i want to do that too all
0: right absolutely what are you going to write a musical well i have this album called the ballad of boogie christ Mm. and i feel like that's just like ready for broadway that title right there you should just
2: go perform on the street yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I so I have the album, the concept, but I just need to write a narrative around it. That's cool. Well, I'm
2: learning that like, that's the hardest part. Like as I'm Yeah. cuz I've been trying to find someone to write the book they call it and and apparently nobody wants to write the book cuz like it's hard.
0: Oh, really? You've been actively seeking that. I've been trying
2: to find someone to do it. <clears throat> but uh For
0: which one? The 90s thing?
2: No, I'm just trying to find a new idea to write cuz that's, you know, to me, like Ground I feel up. like Ground up. Yeah. I think it'd be fun I think it'd be a different muscle to work
0: yeah and it's a different way of writing too and if you know? get a hit man that's like endless money Then I can retire, that, then, you can retire. <laughs> then you can finally <laughs> quit what would the concept be
2: I'm not sure I'm looking for something interesting I, I sort of feel like musical theater is inherently kind of silly and ridiculous mm-hmm. even though I do love it it's like everyone's up on stage singing and dancing and there's that fourth wall and all that stuff and mm-hmm. So I find that I really like musicals that are kind of ridiculous to begin with, like Little Shop of Horrors and uh, Town was really, really great if you ever saw that one. and So I'm interested in an idea of a show that's like a little ridiculous, but still also grounded in good music. Did you watch
0: Springsteen's thing?
2: No, I haven't seen it. Couldn't get tickets when it was going on. <coughs> um, well, it's on Netflix now. So you can watch it on
0: Netflix. Yeah. Did you watch it? I did. I went
1: to it. Okay. It's a better watch on Netflix,
2: is it? Yeah,
1: I think so. Depending on where you sat when you went, but
2: I think it'd be a cool experience though. With all those Bruce heads, they're all just going crazy in there. It's all. It was awesome. Yeah,
0: but I mean, he he did, did the Broadway musical so simple because. Like, yeah, it's like I
2: don't count that quite as a musical what he did, but right. I mean, I guess it is. It is
0: though. Yeah. I mean, it was scripted. Yeah. But it was a lot like, you know, just stories, uh, you know, in and out of the songs and going deep into nostalgia in his past. And Does stuff he like start that. every song he's all in?
3: Two, three, four. <laughs> it's just, just him acoustic. Yeah, every time. Do you remember that Ben Stiller sketch
2: like years ago? No. The Ben Stiller show it was it was just the stories Bruce Springsteen and it was just his stories and then it, it ended always two, three, four. All oh, right. And it was just all the.
0: I was walking down the street the other day. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's funny. I loved. I've only seen him once in concert, but it was uh, transformative and so changed the way I do my shows. Completely. How so? I just loved how loose the show was. But it was very scripted, obviously, but it felt loose to the crowd. And like, um, it just was a reminder that like, it's all about having a good time up there and that nobody in the crowd's gonna have a good time if you're not having a good time. And and just, it starts there, creating that atmosphere on stage.
0: And how do you you go about making sure your spirit's in a state where you can do that night after night?
2: Uh, Well, a lot of it for me has to do with Surrounding myself with a band that's you know that has got that kind of spirit, and um, and just yeah, like knowing that's what I'm there for. That's that's the point of the day is to like come out there and do this thing. And it's some. I actually think that being on stage is often like yoga, where like yeah. you sometimes start off and you're like, oh boy, I don't know if I got it today. I'm stretching, right. and then by the end it's shavasana, You know, it's all yeah. you always feel good at the end. Like ah, oh, I just like. Like I'm actually very still and quiet after a show. Like, like I think it freaks people out, and I've been made fun of because like we'll get off stage and I just like to sit there and not talk or not do anything. You know, I'm not like doing blow yet or anything. And but some people come off like yeah, going crazy. But I'm like very internal, and also I've just been working and like singing and all this stuff. So like I like to have a moment back to myself. So it sort of is a bit of savasana, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's interesting the ener- energetic thing that happens, and then going out to the merch stand and shaking everybody's hands and all that. Like, yeah. sometimes I'm in a weird zone, mm-hmm. you know, because I've just been on stage. Do you yeah, find that? somebody
2: said that to me the other night. They were out there like taking a picture with me, and she's like, "Is it weird that like
0: you're you, and we
2: all wait here, and like you come out?" And I'm like. I mean, not really for me. Is it weird for you? And she was she was having a moment. I'm not sure what she was going through, but Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, yeah, it's funny that like people want to meet me and that taking a picture with me feels. But again, that's the sort of stuff that I really cherish now. Is like if I can take a picture with somebody and make their day one percent better, like Mm -hmm. that's a pretty powerful thing to have. So like, the best is when I'm like, you want to take a picture, and they're like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. Be here now, right? Exactly.
0: Did that Did that take you a while to learn, or that sort of gratitude for those oh, moments? Oh, for sure. Yeah. In the early
2: days, I was always like, I should be getting more. And I don't know if that's just being young or ambitious mm-hmm. or whatever, but it was like, I need more. I should be getting more. I should be playing bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm owed, blah blah blah, and I know, that was I why I probably wanted to quit. Honestly, it was like I wasn't. It was a never-ending hole, you know. Yeah. And, um, now it's just so much more about like sort of service to to the to the music and the exchange, and right. I just feel very lucky.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah.
1: Can you talk a little bit, if you're okay, about your dad and the dystrophy he had and raising awareness for it? Yeah.
2: My dad had myotonic dystrophy, which uh, is a form of muscular dystrophy. And um, he was diagnosed when he was around 35, 40. So it was like there's a later on adult onset version. And uh, I mean, the long. Long story short, we just didn't. My dad didn't know a lot about it. There wasn't a lot of information out there. My family didn't talk about it really, and Is that I just a cure? grew up very. There's no cure. Um, it's a degenerative disease. So sort of, you know, he got diagnosed, but then his his muscles got weaker and weaker over time. But
0: and your family didn't talk about it. No,
2: he, he, to his credit, in a lot of ways, he was like, I don't want to be treated differently. I want to just go about my life. I want to do my thing. Mm-hmm. But as he got older, it became harder and harder to sort of. ignore it yeah um but so like i got to a certain age where i was like oh all this anxiety i'm having is because i might i knew that i might have the disease i hadn't been tested i didn't know anything about it i didn't know how to like talk about it and um so i spent several years kind of learning about it and unpacking it and becoming involved with the myotonic foundation and and just starting to reckon with it, kind of, and th- that it had been this big thing in our family.
0: How did the reckoning go?
2: Crushed it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I was extremely. I mean, lucky, did, did you go to therapy? Like, yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, ther- I like, did a lot of therapy, and uh, I got tested, which I, I came back negative, actually, which was, you know. Sort of a shock to me. Like I sort of was so expecting my whole life that I was going to have it, and sort of a lot of stuff tied in with like, am I becoming my father? And
0: um, and you, and you had a complicated relationship with him, huh?
2: I mean, we had a good relationship, but he was just getting sicker, and and it's just a different thing to have a a weak parent like that. You know, like literally physically weak was just a different thing that I grew up with that I didn't really understand until later. But um
0: What what way did you understand it later?
2: Just how that changed who I was and how it changed the family dynamic, you know, to have sort of this paternal figure who was not capable of doing everything or who was sick just changed how I dealt with the family and how maybe I led things and
0: did you become kind of the leader of the family? Sort of that? I'm
2: the oldest of four, so right. I think I'm sort of naturally a little bit of a of a leader, and um...
0: You have brothers and sisters?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, two sisters and a brother, and I think the main thing that came out of it, though, was I started meeting other people in the myotonic world, and you can learn more about myotonic dystrophy at myotonic.org, but meeting people in the community was huge, because it had been such an isolating thing for us. We didn't know anybody else. It's a relatively rare disease, Mm -hmm. and meeting other people who had different relationships with the disease and were able to maybe have fun or joke about it or like kind of just Just validate your
0: experience too. That's so huge to be. So it
2: was, it was, there's a lot. It was a long time coming and uh, I think it freed up a lot of, I think it freed me up in a lot of ways where I felt like there was always this thing sort of in the way. And I'd never, I was just trying to go around it instead of through it.
0: Mm. Do you think running is like a reflection of like your sort of celebration of your, um, well-being and your body at all? Like um,
2: that? sometimes there's, I go to an exercise class where the guy says like, we're going to run extra hard today because not everybody can. can. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and I, I would think about my dad and stuff then. Like I do think, yeah, you can't always do it. So like, right there's uh and my dad was like a really big bicyclist in his healthier days, and um he was very active, so yeah, I sort of i definitely feel this thing of like all of it do it while you can you right know? so I don't know, it's been um i've you know I'm in a smallest position, but I am able to kind of give a little bit more light to it and and a big part of a cure for myotonic and everything is just getting more attention on it. I've learned what I've learned getting involved with the community is so much of all this stuff is the drug companies go to whatever, like is the most popular sickness or whatever. That's where the pharmaceutical wants to be. And so you sort of have to have enough, attention around your disease that right. that the drug companies want to come in and uh, actually try to fix it yeah. you know so it's interesting like it's very political and um, but just like I said if I had been able to hear someone else talk about it you know like every now and then I hear from people and who's either affected by it or their family is. And if I'd been able to hear anyone talk about it when I was younger, it would have been so helpful to feel like, oh, right, this is not just me. Mm -hmm. And just to have answers. That was the biggest part. I was just, our family was very much in the dark about it and just understanding it, learning it it was so huge. And and I was luckily able to make a lot of peace with that and have Mm. some important conversations with my dad before he died. And and, um, I think it made his his passing different too because we'd sort of i think as a family kind of come to terms with that part of it it wasn't about that when he died you know we able to we were able to celebrate his life
0: but you got to have some good conversations with him yeah and i have a
2: song that i sort of i wrote about him called hands and i played it for him and i real and and that was a really important moment where we got to wow i think he felt very seen and um hmm. i got to show him that i understood his his struggle I think. So
0: how does that song go?
2: Uh it's it's on my modern happiness album and it's uh it's singing from his perspective and I didn't mm. realize it till after till I was playing it for him that I had written it to play it for him really. Like I you know mm. but I haven't played it since he uh since he died. Why? I don't know if I will or not, but it doesn't feel like something necessary right now.
0: I'm curious what the lyrics are, but I don't want to put you on the spot.
2: Well, it's just talking about, uh, um, it's sort of a song of hope, right? but from the point of view of a disabled person and sort Mm. of treating, treating me with respect, even though I don't know what I'm capable of, I'm just going to try, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I learned a lot of great lessons from my dad about that sort of stuff of, um his he was extremely uh I want to say stubborn, but that's not the word I'm thinking of. Uh Proud. Proud and just had a lot of determination and really worked through it. And and like I said, never mm-hmm. one the last thing he wanted to be was a seen victim. as disabled or right. something. You know, he wanted he was all these other things. Um so I don't know. That's sort of it in a heavy yeah, it's that's a lot, awesome. and, and but it, that's such a thing of right. is like we never talked about it because it kind of makes people serious, and I've tried so much to just get it to a place in my life that it can be discussed without it being like a
0: big scene, yeah, like without it being this shadow heavy, heavy or something. Heavy vibes, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: You know, like I mean, it, it is serious. It's but heavy,
0: if, but you can also speak on heavy things yeah. without it getting. It I too mean, it's heavy. sad
2: because it's my own father, and I have a yeah. lot of emotion tied into it. But right. I've tried to get it to a place, sort of clinical like a doctor would talk about it of just like these are the i try i got away from words that were sort of judgmental like oh his condition's really bad Mm -hmm. or it's worsened like i tried to use words that were more like severe or words that were more clinical as opposed to
0: judgmental like yeah it's like how powerful words are and how sensitive you got to be towards words
2: yeah but it's just you know I i think that stuff really made a difference of like yeah if you're always walking around being like oh my it's, yeah, I'm really bad about no, you know, it's, it's Dude, it's,
0: I program my subconscious all the time. I sleep with the ho pono mm. mantra going. I love you like for cool. eight eight hours, dude. I have like there's ones on YouTube or like yeah, I'm working on programming my subconscious all the time through words. It's well, it does it just totally deal. affects
2: it differently. You know, it's the world is what we make it. It's like the oldest idea ever, but it's well, I'm first was the strong. word.
0: And like the w- words create reality, hmm. you know. Right. People don't. Uh, people uh, uh, don't uh, over or underestimate that, or what? I can't think of how to say that. They, uh, they underestimate, underestimate it. it. Yeah. Thank you. People <laughs> don't over <laughs> underestimate <Yeah>. that shit <laughs> much anymore. Negative. What?
2: But. Uh. <laughs> I agree. It's like a yeah. word diet or something. It's like, you got to be aware of what become, you're putting into your yeah. self. You know, it's like, if I keep saying these words or this stuff, like that was a big thing. i made a rule for myself. I couldn't write songs anymore that were where I said anything negative about myself.
0: Right. That's a big deal because you manifest that shit. And I
2: was like, I, I write these negative thoughts about myself. Then yeah. I go out and I sing them every night for everybody. Over and, over again. and I was like, I'm just done with this pattern, you know? Right. And that was several albums ago. So it, it informs the way I make music, but it's been like there's a, the new song on the new album is called Cooler Than You, and it's sort of like looking back at like a bully. I and, like that one. Thank you. That's and how it opens. Yeah, but it's like I think in the old days that song would have been called Cooler Than Me, and it would have been all about how the bully is better and I feel less than. Right. And, but now it's about like, well, how do I find something positive in this, I guess. Yeah.
0: I like the new song I'm working on right now, which goes like this. I love the fact that I have $500 billion right now. I like that. Do you? That's good. <laughs> That's the chorus. <laughs> That's the chorus, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the verse is, check out my mansion, it's killer. Oh, we're back to your vision board. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> $500 check, vision, check, vision board. Check out my new jacuzzi. <laughs> <So stupid. laughs> wait what what about uh what do your siblings do uh do they are not in
2: music no what they're are, uh, what do they get after they've all got master's degrees my sister's a teacher my other sister is in uh, business and she got mad at us because she sat the family down and went like person to person and was like what do i do for a living
0: and nobody could like quite I still saying. don't know what she does. Yeah, me neither. She's <laughs>
2: pissed at me. She is man.
0: this analyst. She hated it when I didn't know what she did at the family dinner. Yeah. Just, I don't know what that is. So, uh, and then my brother
2: is like an urban planner. So they're all, you know,
0: changing the world in their own ways. And ha- um, has the passing of your father brought the family closer together or has it been separate? Eight, uh, like, I think you know? it was the
2: end of a chapter it's been hard on my mom and it's it's been different for the family for sure but i think things are getting sorted out you know it's i don't know um i'm still still pretty fresh so still like understanding it but i think one of the few positive things that kind of came out of those really initial days when he was dying was the family was really together and really connected and there was actually some really wonderful moments that i really uh Loved where the family was all there and nothing else mattered. It was like you know this mm-hmm. is it. Yeah. So there's that kind of thing. But
0: where does everybody live?
2: Uh, my sister's here in New York. My other sister's down in Maryland, where I'm from, and my brother just moved out to Seattle. So we're kind of all over. All over the place.
0: Yeah, man. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Okay. You also produce. Uh, yeah, when a- I can. A- in a way, and a band that I really like scout you produced yeah one of their albums um how did that did did, just from laura being at snl is that how you met yeah it was uh, a great band from brooklyn called scout Scout, with a k
3: yeah
2: which is sort of laura volk's like band but it's sort of her but also Connor gladney's in it as well and uh yeah they somebody at snl was like hey this person works here and she's a musician would you mind checking it out and i was like yeah 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 and then i actually went and watched the video of her like shredding and i was like wow this person's really good and so we like met up and i ended up producing the ep and and uh yeah it's I, i've learned a lot i don't know if you ever do any producing stuff for other, have a for other artists i've just found it really helped my own stuff as well because it's so interesting to be the producer in a room as opposed to the artist and, uh-huh. and you can really see when somebody is like getting in the way of their own work or going down the rabbit hole. And yeah, it's helped me be like, I'm a lot less precious with my own recordings now. Cause I'm like this thing, I, I'll have this moment where I'm like, okay, we can all spend two hours getting this right if we want to. But like, as long as we know that no one will ever notice it except us, but like that might be the reason to go do it. But like it's changed. So like, I'm just not nearly as precious about like my vocal takes and things. I'm more like, it's more about the moment and capturing the overall vibe. But, yeah, working with them was awesome. And they've come and scouts done a bunch of opening stuff for me. And uh, and they did the underwater sunshine stuff, which is, I'm assuming, how you got to know them. No, and... I
1: actually got them that kick. Oh, did yeah. you? All right. I, yeah, I, man. You're, the, you're the magic maker. Oh, he's uh, a magic. I, I brought them in. I love, I mean, the first, you see these two when they play, there's just something about it just sucks you in and they yeah. were so good and I invited them to come to a garden session and then everyone fell in love with them instantly
2: cool yeah they're they're really awesome and it was yeah. really fun to uh to do their stuff and kind of just help that's what's fun for me actually they were they've gotten much more advanced now but I feel like they were still kind of green when I was working with them it's fun working with someone where they're like working to show off my tricks they're like man how do we do that we need to get like 100 people in here to clap and i'm like no we can actually just have five people and record it a bunch of times and it'll sound like 100 people <laughs> and i'm like a magician to them you know <laughs>
0: that blew their minds
2: not exactly Over <laughs> something, class? something something like that you know There's they don't like, get out much yeah <laughs> no. but you forget like it
0: like so much of that stuff you just have to learn like no i remember like when i first made my first record and uh, marcus straves was producing and he like would mute like the drums and then create like a drum hole and then bring them back in mm-hmm. and it, I would remember thinking like wow that's how you do that <laughs> right? like yeah so all like, that stuff yeah. I mean
2: I was really blown away in the beginning of watching working with like some big producers and stuff and um some really big time major producers like who? Uh not really huge people but Mike Elizondo was someone I learned a lot from he uh he had, he actually came up doing like, he was like Dr. Dre's Apprentice. Uh-huh. And then he did like, uh, he's done all kinds of stuff. But he was at Warner Brothers when I was there. And we did a lot of my second record together. And, and uh, I just, yeah, it was like, oh, like, it was just interesting to watch a professional work and be like, okay, this is how they carry themselves. This is how they work with their staff. This is how we record. This is how long we spend. It was informative, you know, like I just learned a
0: lot. I got to work with T Bone Burnett. Cool. Yeah. Did you do an album with him? Yeah, my nice. second album. Wow. Yeah. How was that? Incredible. He's very much about
2: like capturing the moment. Yeah, right? and
0: also just I, I found it like he gave me so much confidence in my ability. Mm. Like it was a he taught me that production was a like a like a psychological thing. Right. As much as anything else. Totally. And I think that's like uh, why he's so successful is because. He has the ability to, to give so much confidence,
3: right, to, to an artist.
0: Yeah, I mean that's like producing an artist is like getting them to be
2: their best version of themselves. Exactly.
0: Novels.
2: Yeah, which is hard. Yeah. That's cool. Who else did you work with? Did Peter Peter ever do an album
3: <coughs> with you?
0: No, not really. No, we we wrote a couple songs together, and he sang on my first record. Cool. But um yeah i uh, when i produced i was curious if like my ego would be as like into it as my own thing Mm -hmm. and i found it was i mean Mm. i got into the other person's thing yeah i'd say almost maybe even weirdly more than my own thing Mm. you know yeah i I sort of mean. i found
2: i found i cared a lot but like i said i found this thing of oh like this thing doesn't this is not what's going to make or break the record, this right? Thing. You know, like I, it was more about the overall feeling, and I'm like, you can, we can get all these details if that's going to drive you crazy or whatever, but it's really more about like, is the vibe there? Yeah. So I've changed. It's changed how I make records for sure because I'm doing a lot more live tracking and just kind of about like,
0: does this feel good? Well, yeah, John Leckie, I got to work with him as mm. well. Um, he produced like the Benz Radiohead, and like uh, Stone Roses. Cool. And he he taught me that the more you get down in in one take like of the whole thing, the better mm. the less overdubs the right. better kind of thing yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah so when's the night class of ninety eight come out because there's only two songs yeah out we got right two now.
2: songs out uh the album comes out April seventeenth
0: and uh yeah,
2: then Congrats, it'll be out and dude.
1: we'll make sure this is out before then so cool it
2: can, yeah. You know, yeah that'd be great help but, compliment um, it, a little. it was a lot of fun to make it was very it was a very natural process and and uh, to me more it's like I feel like I'm getting closer to here's what I wanted to make and I'm getting closer to like hitting the bullseye. Like -hmm. before I used to, like, I feel like my first album was like, here's what I want to make. And like, maybe I got the outer ring if I was lucky. Yeah. That's the way I usually, that's how (laughs) I am a lot with it. Yeah. And I just feel like this record was, I mean, obviously it ended up different than what I thought it might be, but I just feel like it was what I was setting out to do, which was like, I want to make a, me doing a '90s record, mm-hmm. you know, and so it was really fun. So, I, I, so far, the reaction's been really positive to it. And uh, I think if you were around in that era, or if you like that era at all, I think
0: uh, I think people will enjoy it. Everybody loves that era. It's
2: great music.
0: I love it. Yeah, yeah. And then, what? Any other concepts you're working on for in the future? Or are you just focused on this?
2: Uh, the next thing I think I want to do, I'm sort of just in the very very early stages. I want to do. Sort of feels like the next step of what I was talking about with like not writing negative songs. I want to do an album of like, yeah. overly positive, ob- yeah, positive, optimistic that, that, songs. That's a
0: great idea.
2: Yeah, and so like, just like, almost like two, like almost your teeth hurt, but yeah. just like, but are that are grounded in like love and not just like yeah. silliness. But well, I when think you it'd listen be fun. to like the
0: Beatles, they had lots of yeah. like love, positive things. Totally. it's like you know, and just I think the '90s them. like. Kurt Cobain was such a huge influence and so a lot of us went towards like really expressing our pain yeah like there's a the lot of pain sides of There was things. a lot of pain and,
2: and you know like when I talk about the stuff with my dad and stuff I'm like I understand where a lot of my struggles came from and what my personal stuff was but I also just think it would be fun to make an album that's like really positive and that but again, like that's the challenge to me is like, how do you make a positive song that doesn't feel trite or like, yeah, that's, silly that's or something? It's a big challenge. So, so yeah, so that that's kind of what I think would be a fun project to do. But
0: yeah. for now, I'm 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 way in the '90s. Yeah. Well, Dave Catching and I like he came on this podcast or we went out to him at um, what's the place called Joshua Tree Sh- Rancho de la Luna. Ran- Rancho de, de la Dave Luna. Shout out Dave Catching. Shout out Dave Catching. But we came up with this concept of. We're gonna start a band called the Manifestors and just write songs about things we want to manifest. Like
2: that's the five hundred billion dollar billion
0: dollars in the billy. You know, whatever it is. I like that. (laughs) You are good at making bands. Like yeah, yeah. I love making bands. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, maintaining them is a different story. Harder, but
2: But, I mean half half of a band is who's in it and what's it called. Yeah, like the rest is details.
0: Yeah, the Manifestors. That's a good one. Yeah, maybe you can be in that band with us. I'm going to. Since you're I'm already to, on that trip, I'm going to right? manifest it. You're on that trajectory already. So, how do people find you on the internet and all that?
2: Uh, just Google me, Eric Hutchinson. I don't know. Go to my website, erichutchinson.com. My Instagram—that's where I kind of communicate these days. And Eric uh, Hutchinson, yeah. do you do
1: all your social media yourself?
2: I do, yeah. And um, I try not to trying to get too intense I'm not I'm not like a 10 times a day poster or anything but you know or come see a show it's a good way to to get to know me a little bit so I don't know hopefully people have if you're still listening at this point to the podcast, yeah. I think that... <sighs> Class of
1: 98 tour coming I out. feel you like it was fan. a good podcast. It oh, me too. fucking great. Did you think so? Oh,
2: would I you was... guys say... You can be honest with me. Would but you I knew, say this is the, the best one so far? The two of you have really, so, honestly, so many, many similarities. One, one of the best ones. Number one.
1: So many similarities that I knew you would like. You know, yeah, thank you for along. how I was saying. Thank yeah. you for
0: inviting me. And, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. mad that I didn't wear athletic gear, but I kind of like stripped down into I know, more, I just noticed this. Slowly. your athletic vibe. Yeah,
2: you're showing
0: off your physique more and more
2: yeah you're jacked dude i saw the i saw the pictures man you got a full six pack right now too right now yeah dude let's see oh wow (laughs) you're fit man that's what i'm trying to get to (laughs) manifest it yeah i'm manifesting it holy shit but yeah thank you guys for having me this was a lot of fun it was great to 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 thank you for doing it it's
0: really good to know you um and uh yeah Let's uh let's how can
2: they that. find you? We should make sure they know at that. Joseph
0: underscore author on we Instagram. Go. Yeah, and if
1: they are listening, please support us on Patreon. Patreon. Pa- yeah. Patreon.com slash come to where I'm from.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy. Eric Hutchinson.
3: Later. Peace.